0: Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Okay, I want to continue on this subject of faith. How many people were here for last week's message? A few of you, okay? What are three things the Father is always doing with us? He's loving us, forming us, and sending us. So he's always loving us. Thank you, Tammy. Such a good student. Very proud of you always loving us. Like at any moment, in any situation, I want you to know that you are being radiated with heavenly love and an infinite amount of it. Like you are infected forever with the love of the Father. Secondly, you are constantly being formed by that love. You are being unformed of everything you formed yourself to be outside of relationship with God. And some of us are still doing that. We're still forming parts of ourselves without his input. And then his love is constantly coming in to try to reform according to his original design for you. And then finally, from John 20, it talks about how just as the Father has sent me, remember what Jesus says next, I now send you, okay? And if you think about Jesus as being the full manifestation of who God the Father is, true sending, if the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is just a physical manifestation of everything the invisible God is, then we in the same way are sent the same way. We are literally being sent in a revealing, in a manifesting of everything he put on the inside of us. We are being sent, revealed to the earth so everyone can see the goodness of our Father in us. The week prior to this, the week prior to that, which was two weeks ago, I talked about what faith is from Hebrews 11.1, and I just now realized I didn't give you any scriptures today. Please forgive me. So I'll give them to you right now. We're already going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. That's it. Real simple. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is, Mike, want to finish that? Before it goes up there. Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Or the New American Standard said the conviction of things not seen. I like that to be convicted, to be so secure and certain on the inside of you that you could never be argued out of this reality. I want you to right now just think of something that no matter what situation could arise, no matter what argument could come to you, you are absolutely stalwartly convinced of something. Think about what that might be. Just inwardly. What's something that no one, no matter how smart they are, no matter how powerful they are, no matter if they had a gun to your head, you would not be convinced otherwise about? That's your faith. And not everyone's faith is in Jesus. That was kind of heavy. If faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, there are some of us who are looking for something to take place that might not be in the heart of the Father. Might be hoping for things that are not in the heart of the Father for you. Might be hoping that it's real that's not in the heart of the Father for you. Or, let's just take this a step back. About two years ago, I talked about faith. And I talked about oftentimes, our faith is our most impacting experience that that ever happened to us that we ever experienced something so traumatic or so incredible that it's your most like I, i'm trying to think of a word but impacting is the best word i can think of. if you would come up with a better word let me know but one that had such a deep and profound influence on your life like it is the most what's the word i'm looking for substantial influential like it it went below anything and anything you've ever experienced before and it like remade your foundation. That's your faith. Now, God the Father, through the person of Jesus, wants to be that rock. I want you to know that. For every human being, God the Father, who is Jesus, wants to be the rock of your foundation. We just sang about it. The rock on which we stand. He wants that to be our faith. But it's very possible as much as you can say, I believe in Jesus, that there might have been something that happened in your life that actually goes deeper than Jesus. And until we, as individuals and corporally, allow Jesus to go below and heal that and come face to face with it and be restorer of that, he's not our faith. Another way to look at faith is it's the ongoing dialogue it's the most consistent, ongoing dialogue on the inside of you. That can also describe what your faith is. So, like, Jevert, you ever hear a song, and then for the rest of the day, you cannot help but sing that song, or do that? Okay, happens to all of us. Or if someone just says one word, and suddenly you think about, me. yeah, right? So, and oftentimes, that will become your dialogue for the day, or or if something happens to you, or someone says something to you, and they kind of like sets you off on the road. Has anybody ever happened? Has ever happened to somebody? You've had an interaction with somebody, and it just kind of sets you off, and for the rest of the day, you're just kind of like, mm. you're driving down the road, and everybody's a jerk, right? Or you have a conversation with somebody, and they completely brighten your day, and it doesn't matter what happens, everything's glorious. Anybody? Yeah, both of those things happen. That's your faith for the day. And honestly, that's the power of faith. It's the power of conviction. You become so convinced of something that nothing else in your life could convince you otherwise. All of those things are what we would call faith. As we go back to Hebrews 11.1, the writer of Hebrews gives us the most, in my opinion, clear definition of faith in the scriptures. And I feel like this is something we need to just decide is faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And we talked about this so far. I'm just, all I'm doing is summarizing the last two weeks before I go forward. The assurance of things hoped for. Now, if you hope for something, does it exist yet? No. But where does it exist? In the heart of God and hopefully in your heart, okay? And then you live from that hope and you begin to create it into the natural realm. I believe that's when Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the hope set before Jesus on the cross. It's us walking fully alive, fully healed on the earth. That's what's hoped for. And it's also the conviction of things not yet seen, which means there are things on the inside of us and inside of God that He wants to build, that He wants to have in the earth, that He wants you to enjoy and walk in that have yet to be seen. People who live by faith, people who live by things hoped for and things not yet seen. We talked about this. They're weird, right? They're peculiar people because they live almost to the point where you wonder if they're even in reality, right? Like you've got some people in your life that you wonder if they're in reality. I'm going to give you an example of this. People who are really into sci-fi, Or fantasy. Here's what I believe about them. I think they're a little weird, personally. This is my personal opinion. But here's the thing. That is the heart of God in them wanting to see something that's not yet in the earth. Like Star Wars type stuff and all of that. Like all of that is the imagination of God working its way through people. You start to see it that way, it starts to redeem everything that people are doing. You start to see some of the things that people are trying, and you can see the heart of God in it, even if you have to peel back the shell that might look pretty worldly. Inside of it is a seed that the heart of the Father is trying to bring forth into the earth. Even you, you do some pretty crazy stuff sometimes, but inside of that is the heart of God. That's faith. I believe that there are people right now who are living lifestyles, that we will all one day live. And I'm not even sure they would give credit to the Lord that that's the source of the lifestyle they're living. They're saying things and doing things that will eventually become everyday life for us. I think that is the purest definition of a prophetic life. You or I deciding, you know what? What I see in the natural, it's really good and it's beautiful, but there's more there's more and it's inside of me and i can't help but have to live by it prophetic people which i think are people who simply take faith and put it into action they don't just declare what god's going to do they actually decide i'm going to start living what god's doing where inside what you see him in the in the oh I'm sorry In the heavenly dimension, you say the natural dimension would be so much better if that was here. And you begin living that way now. That's living by faith, and I believe that's prophetic. And I think, you know, I say weird and I say peculiar, but it might be a better way to say prophetic. It might be a better thing to do is say you're living prophetically. You're living in a way that generations after you will call normal. But right now, you're weird. I don't know what you're doing. It's happened to all of us, and I think the more of us that decide that what the Lord is doing is actually more important than what's already going on in the earth, and I'm going to. And this, I think, this happened. At the, you know, back to the whole like praying over Israel and the Palestinian conflict. There, if you pull back and not try to take a side and not say, "Well, I'm for this country or I'm for this." Just pull back. Pull back and say, Lord, I want your way. I want your way in that situation. I believe that is actually more effective of a prayer than try to take one side and take your prayers and shoot them like missiles onto the other side. A prophetic people stand with the Father and say the, the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. All of these people are his. So God, Father, have your way with your children. Have you ever seen a father have his way with his children? It's way better than the other kids trying to get involved. Other kids trying to get involved when dad's having his way with his children doesn't go well for the kid that's trying to get involved. Stand back with the father and work with him instead of affecting your own agenda onto the situation. You guys okay? Okay, so after Hebrews 11, 1, where the writer gives us a pure definition of faith, he begins to give us all these incredible examples of faith. And later on in the chapter, it actually says that these examples of faith have become a great cloud of witnesses that surround us. when I think about these witnesses, I'm giving you the end at the beginning here, but I like doing that. These witnesses sit around like right now. Like I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all of my heart that angels and those who have gone before us are sitting around us watching. (laughs) Uh, Even think about grandma and mom and even children that have passed on. I promise you, I promise you, I, I stand here in full conviction I believe that they're not far away. I don't believe the heavenly dimension is a far off, separated by a big gulf. Jesus annihilated that gulf. And it is as close as a veil between natural and spirit. And they are close. It doesn't mean that they're involving themselves. It doesn't mean that they are like, I, I, don't, get, don't get weird on me, okay? But I think they're close, and I believe they're cheering. And I believe they're praying. And I believe that they are speaking declaring prophetically because they see not through a mirror darkly anymore hello they see clearly and they want us to win and they want us to they want everything that's hoped for and everything not seen to become realized everything your faith has a prize and it's what you hope for and it's what's not seen yet like you have thoughts right now not all of them, but you have some really important thoughts right now that have to become reality. They have to, and it's your faith that energizes them, and sometimes the energy, like, you know, uh, when you do a lighter, like, you have to, like, create friction that does a spark, and then a little bit of gas comes up and ignites that spark, and it becomes a flame. This is like, if you can think of your legs. This is this is weird, okay? I just know it's weird. But you're like... You feel it? Like, when, those, when the friction takes place and it creates a spark, when you take that step, it creates the spark, and faith is ignited. Holy Spirit is the fuel. I mean, I'm, I'm getting kind of practical here, but it works. And if you think about it, taking steps of faith, taking steps of risk, taking steps of, I don't know what's going to happen like Abram, but faith is ignited. It could change everything. It could change not, don't even think in terms of the whole earth. Think in terms of your family line. Think in terms of your children who are watching. Think in terms of your children's children who will one day walk in what your children watched. What are watched? What do you want them to walk in? Do you want to walk walk in something that's already been seen and redone? Remember how we talked about if you don't live by faith, then you shrink back and you end up just copying something that already exists? We're done with that. We need a company of people who decide something new must happen in the earth. Something in my Father's heart that hasn't taken place yet. So, let's look at some of our examples of faith that we have, okay? So, if we just go on in Hebrews chapter 11... Let me get back there. You guys all there? All right. Uh, hold on. I'm at the end of the story. Let me go back to the beginning of the story. We read verse three two weeks ago. By faith, we understand the worlds were prepared by the Word of God, so that that which is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Even God works by faith. Oh, that's something else we talked about last week. Believe it or not, God works by faith. That's why I remember how I said that a lot of people just write off everything God's doing is just mysterious and God works in mysterious ways. Anytime God works in mysterious ways by you, with you, he's living by faith where you're living by natural stuff. When, he, when you don't understand what God is doing, it's because he is literally living by things hoped for, by things not yet seen, and you're living in things that already exist. And he's like, no, there's more. Uh, go to verse 7. I'm going to skip through here. I'm going to cherry pick. Is that okay? Well, jump up. Verse 6. I'm sorry, Mary. Sorry. Go to verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please. I want you to pause right there. In the original text of the book of Hebrews, the word hymn doesn't exist. I don't know if you knew that or not. But it's, it's actually... The term to please in the original language means to be satisfied. Here's what I believe I do believe it's talking about the Lord, but I actually think the emphasis was made to be for you. I actually believe, and without faith, it's impossible to be pleased. I don't think you were meant to shrink back and feel satisfied. The shrink back is from Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, my righteous one shall not shrink back, but live by faith. You guys remember that at the end of Hebrews 10? It says, my righteous one shall not shrink back. And he says here in verse six, and without faith, it's impossible to be pleased, to be satisfied, to be content. In other words, if you're sitting in a copied version of somebody else's life, you will have an inner frustration and it will nag you. Anybody ever feel it? Anybody ever feel that something on the inside of you and you try to satiate it with whatever it is you satiate it with? But the reality is, I actually think you were meant to listen to it, to be inspired by it, because it's the things hoped for in you. It's the reason why you were created. It's the reason why you were placed in your mother's womb. There's something on the inside of you that says, bring me forth. You're all mamas with wombs. Every one of you hairy men. You all have a womb. You're all part of this incredible bride of Christ, and you have things to bring forth. Uh. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, let's think about the definition of faith here when we read this verse. And he who comes to God, how do you come to someone invisible? Prayer. What did Hebrews one say? Sorry, Hebrews eleven verse one say: assurance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. How do you come to God? So one was prayer. The biggest one is by faith. Like, like I believe when we were singing today, "Come rest upon us." He was here. Like I come into this place now where I know wherever I go, he is. And it's not because I walked in the room. I actually think that's, that's some weird charismatic theology that needs to go. No, I'm going into a room where God already is. Hello? He didn't come into the room because I walked into the room. He was already in the room, and I walked in to join him in whatever he was doing in that room. Hello? That's faith. Faith is believing God's already at work in a room. Already at work in a heart. Remember it says that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on a few. No, on all flesh. The Holy Spirit's at work everywhere all the time. I want to know what is God doing in Israel and Gaza? What's he doing in Ukraine? What's he doing in Haiti? What's he doing in these places that seem dark on the outside? God's at work. And if we can join him in what he's already doing, we activate our faith. You guys okay? All right. so we come to God who's already at work wherever it is we are going, that we believe that he is, that he is in every situation, and that he is a rewarder of those who look for him and find him in those places, in people. How are we doing? Are you seeing this from a little different perspective? Go ahead. He is himself. He's always being himself wherever. Mm. I get really excited when I realize that no matter how deep and dark and chaotic and painful the situation is, God is being himself right there. Now, faith requires you to believe that versus the dark, chaotic mess that your natural eyes see. Hello? This is super important, guys. Before we go any farther, before we start talking about Noah or Abram or any of these guys, they were not convinced of what they saw. They were convinced of what they heard, felt, and experienced of what God was saying to them on the inside. That's faith. And then their actions from that brought what God was saying and doing and made it a reality in the earth. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? A long time. Yeah, I don't know. My guess is over that period of time, 50, 60, 70 years, he probably had some shadow of doubt in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Never happened before. Huh? 120 years. Look at that. And we're not exactly sure a year back then is our 365 day year. Yeah, we're not sure yet. Right. Okay. So let's look at Noah here. Okay. Verse seven, by faith, Noah being warned by God and say this, what's it say next about things not yet seen. God operates by he's going to talk to you, not according to what's going on around you. This is really important. We think we're supposed to be relevant and God is relevant. And he's going to walk into a situation and he's going to talk to you about what's going on around you. And in reality, he kind of is, but he doesn't talk about what's going on around you. He talks about what's better. The solution the light in the midst of darkness. I want to talk to you about the darkness and the chaos and all of the junk and all the pain I'm feeling. And all you want to tell me about is how healed I am and how incredible I am and what's possible. And I just need to complain for a minute. And I need you just to go, yeah, it sucks. Anybody? I just want to make sure I'm in the right room. Yeah, it happens to all of us. We do this. And he is involved with things not yet seen. He is consumed by it because he is prophetic. Now, he doesn't think he's prophetic because he's already living in it, and we're not yet. But the reality is when God speaks, it's prophetic, and he wants us to walk into something not yet seen. Are you seeing how the faith and the prophetic work together? Mm, I love this. Okay. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, In reverence, remember Amanda saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world. In other words, the world don't think of condemned as you're all dead, you're all evil, you're all wicked. We will read the world up, the Old Testament, from that perspective. When it says he condemned the world, it meant it gave them a choice and they all chose not to get on some strange thing they had never seen before. They chose to not live by faith. But Noah's family did. That's what this is saying. And became an heir of the righteousness. Finish it with me. There is righteousness awaiting all of us according to faith. There is an inheritance. There is a reward. God, does anybody like to win stuff? Does anybody like to get, I don't know, a paycheck? Uh, A reward? If you do something good, you get something. Hello? Faith is guaranteeing you a reward. Now, if you're not caught up in the things of this world, you will realize that it's not always money and natural stuff that faith gives you. According to this, it was righteousness for Noah. We find out later that's what it was for Abram too. The reality is, Faith will give you spiritual reward. Now, don't get me wrong. Spiritual reward will work its way out into the natural. But if you are living by faith, you're not worried about if you get a paycheck or this financial reward or accolades of men. You're not worried about that because you're living by faith. Hello? Yeah. You might not get any attaboys. You might not get one high five. You might not get one person saying, I like what you're doing. Keep going. People by faith just say, something inside of me. His voice inside of me. His heart inside of me says, I have to take this step. Even if no one else says it. Even if everyone else doesn't get on the boat that you're building. How are we doing? Eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I, I don't know. This guy amazes me. The more I think about Abram, the more I just get really excited thinking about him. If you go back to Genesis 12 and into 13, where it kind of gives this initial story, it's pretty cool that it was actually his dad. Does anybody remember Abram's dad's name? Terah, T-E-R-A-H, okay? Actually, Terah left first. Go read the story, it's powerful. Abram isn't sitting, waiting for God to talk. He's actually already living in his dad's faith. But his dad went so far, and then his dad stopped And it says right after his dad stopped journeying, dad, you may know what happened next. Dad died. And when dad died, anyone who had joined him in his own faith heard the voice of the Lord. And Abram was the one. And Abram heard God's voice say, now get up and go to the place to which I have called you. And guys, sometimes you just need his voice to tell you. Now, when God talks to you, how often is he telling other people the same thing? Sometimes? Percentage-wise, how much is sometimes? A couple percent? Maybe if you and your wife are really close or you and your husband are really close, you might hear the same thing. How many times has God talked to one spouse and not the other? How many, did one, how many was your spouse having to tell you what God said? That's faith. You guys remember back in the New Testament when Paul said he saw a vision of a man from Macedonia and it says, come over here. Remember this? Anybody remember this story? And it says when Paul turned to all the people that were traveling with him and he said, we're going to Macedonia, what did they do? They all got up and they all went to Macedonia. How many people saw a man from Macedonia in a vision? One. How many people got up and went? All of them. All of them operated by faith. This is exactly what Abram's doing here. Let's keep going. Verse 9. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which had foundations, who architect and builder is God. I love that saying. He was looking for a city without foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Right now, on the inside of you is a city and a country that doesn't exist yet. But you have an architect and a builder who's already built it inside of you. Oh, man. Like, I just had a moment like a dad when I don't feel like you know this. There is a country, a city, some kind of really substantial, important, I don't know what else to say, so I'm just going to say thing. There's a thing inside of you that doesn't exist yet. Your Father has already built it in the Spirit here. And faith will activate its reality here. Now, Here's the incredible thing about this story, and I might have to fast forward here and then work my way back. Oh no, it's right there. Jump down to verse 13. I'm going to go back to 12 because I want you to see, but look at this. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them, where did they see them? In the Spirit by faith. Faith and having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were weird and peculiar people on the earth. Hello? It's exactly what the scriptures say. You will sometimes so live by faith. Get this. It'll change your life if you get this. There will be things that you absolutely know God built and architected, I know, that's not the right word, but it'll work for now. Inside of you, and you walked toward it, and then you died without it being a reality in the earth yet. And now you've got to die with the reputation of being wrong, failure, peculiar, stranger, alien, exile. But somebody else will. I believe with all of my heart that there are so many moms and dads in here that if you just start living by faith, the inheritance and the heritage and whatever other words, legacy that you will pass down is your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will walk in things. And look, I'm not just talking natural children. I'm talking those you impact spiritually. Do you know how many spiritual children are in your life right now? Watching you, drawing on you, keep walking by faith. They these guys, these guys died. These gals died. We find out later it's not just guys, it's girls. Ladies of faith died without seeing the fullness of the promise given to them. Do you remember Abram? Actually said this is what verse 12 says. It says God told him that your outnumber the stars and sand on the seashore. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And it says that he got to the point, well, is that later on here? Yeah, go to 17. By faith, Abram was tested. Offered up Isaac. Who was Isaac to Abram? His only son from his loins. We'll just, whoa. We'll do that. Only son from his loins. Promised. Right? Look at this. And he who had received the promises. What what was the promise that Abram received? I want you guys to see this. Abram was living by faith, by believing that in his old age he could have a kid. Hello? Let's get real simple here. You get to a point where you just can't do that anymore. or You don't even feel it to do it anymore. Jesus. Got to talk about this in a different room. He received the promise and was offering up his only begotten son, It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. And he considered that God is able to even raise people from the dead, from which he also received back as a type. This is a type and shadow of who? Jacob's a type and shadow of Jesus, okay? Abram was so convinced that God was talking to him that he was willing to offer him up, willingly, believing, God will raise up another one. If I can have one, I even thought about this. Okay, not only did Abram have faith that he would raise Isaac from the dead, I actually think he also had faith, oh, if I had one, I'll have another. It's only 12 or 13 years later, right? Why not? Nothing's impossible with God. He's already proven that to me. I walk out and I'm suddenly in a land filled with milk and honey. I'm walking in all these promises and I had a kid at an old age. There's even a, um, a teaching from the rabbis that say that that wasn't even the Lord talking to him to sacrifice him. It was actually how, the, how Abram, I'm not, I'm not saying this is gospel, okay? I need you to know this. This was Abram believing that what would please God was to sacrifice his son. Do you know how I know this? If you study the religions of the Chaldeans, this is where Abram's from, they believed in child sacrifice. They believe that their gods were only satisfied by child sacrifice. So there's a a rabbinical teaching that says it's possible that even God wasn't talking to Abram as much as God was, sorry, Abram was believing that this would please God. Now just think about it from that perspective for a second. Again, not the gospel, but I'm just saying, just pretend like that's for a second. You're the father, and you're watching your son Abram bring his only son that you gave him onto an altar and raising a knife. What would you as a good father do? Yeah. Get me a ram fast. And get him down that mountain and get it caught in the thicket. Is it possible that God was just like, get a ram quick before he does this? Hello? Has anybody run to save your child just before they? Again, I'm not saying that's biblical gospel, but somewhere in there. Either way, it was the faith of Abram. Either way, he so believed God would do this thing that he wasn't afraid. Hello? You guys okay? There's one more here I wanted to do. Oh, go down to 30. Like I said, I'm cherry-picking. No, 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 sorry. Sorry, Mary. Let's go to where they're talking about the Passover. Uh, Twenty-eight. This is talking about Moses' faith. By faith, he who is Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. I think this is powerful. So Moses goes through all those plagues, right? And he goes to Pharaoh. Do I have to go through the whole story? I think I can kind of catch you up on the story. You can just kind of work with me on this. The last plague that's presented to Moses and he says, I'm going to do this to, to uh, Egypt Is I'm going to send... You guys know this, right? Okay, Death angel, he says, all the firstborn in the land are going to die unless you do this. And what is this? Come on, Bible school, really quick. So they, well, they first sacrifice a lamb, an unblemished lamb, and they take the blood, doorposts and lintel, right? And then they partake in a Passover meal, the very first one ever. Okay. It's called Passover, in case you're wondering. You guys remember this, right? So that the angel would pass by or over that house without taking out the firstborn. You guys with me so far? Okay, so this has never happened before. They're still in Egypt. And God tells Moses it's going to happen. And it's coming to Egypt. Where are the children of Israel? In Egypt. Where is the death angel coming? To Egypt. They're doing something that they have never done before. And they're hoping that this will keep all of their firstborn from dying. I think that's an incredible step of faith. So you want me to, you want me to kill the lamb and you want me to put it over the doorpost of the and that's going to tell the death angel not to come. Okay. And it says that by faith, not only did Moses do it, how many people did it? All of the Israelites did it. And it says every single one of the Israelite children were saved after that by faith. I think this is powerful. Now I want to connect all of these stories because you know I got to do this. I want you, I want to connect all of these stories now to the idea of multiplication. Don't forget, remember, if you think about your you know this step of faith as kind of lighting the match that causes faith to ignite and begins to create. Okay. I believe this is the spark of life for multiplication. Faith is. So let's look back at all of these stories. Noah was warned that rain was coming, floods were coming, and all of that. And so Noah's family gets in the ark. The result of Noah's faith is how many people? Someone should say all of us. You guys realize, he started all over again. In one sense, you can say Adam was the first man, and in a very similar sense, you can say Noah. By faith, Noah was the first among a whole lot. So there's a little bit of multiplication that took place when Noah built an ark by faith. Would you say? Yeah. All right. How about Abram? Abram heard the voice of God. Abram had a son. Abram left uh, his home. Actually, he didn't, Tara did, but Abram followed Dad and then continued the journey. How many people came out of Abram's faith? Stars of the, sorry, stars of the sky, sand of the seashore. It's a few people. It's a mighty nation. And it's a mighty nation to this day that you cannot kill. If there's one thing I'm absolutely convinced of, no matter how much their hate is, how much hate there is of the Jewish people, that nation will always flourish. Always flourish. Hello? Just as much as I believe that all of us, the Christian faith, the Christian people, those who call themselves by the name of the Lord, you cannot extinguish that light ever. And that was birthed in the faith of Abram. How about moses moses faith as a result of hearing the voice of the lord saying put blood over the doorpost and over the lintel take the passover meal how many people made it out of egypt all of the israelites and then let's go one step further they're standing in front of the red sea I and mean, maybe remember this after they're out okay they're standing on the edge of the red sea and by god just says just put out your arm with the staff in your hand. You guys know this story, right? He stretches out his hand. What happens to the waters? Come on, everybody. For me, that's not the cool part. For me, is he convinced the entire nation to walk? Just think about this for a second. You are walking on dry ground. What's on either side of you? A lot of water, and it's rushing and it's turbulent. And it kind of sounds like life sometimes. Hello? When you walk by faith, you are walking on dry ground when all around you is chaotic and wet. There's probably, I don't know if they got sprayed or not. Does it say they walked over completely dry? I have no idea. But, you know, we can talk about Daniel not smelling like smoke when he came out. But I think that that walk across the Red Sea was multiplication simply because absolutely nobody died. Twice! Twice! Once in the Passover and once walking through a Red Sea. And then as soon as the last person gets on the other side and who's there? The entire army of Egypt. I think that's amazing. Guys, that's happening in your life right now if you take that step. It's one thing to go and the thing to part. It's another thing to put your foot on the bottom of the Red Sea and walk when it's all around you that's faith and there are prophetic people right now walking that way find out where they are watch them be inspired by them and then do likewise i don't mean copy them i mean live by that same voice that they're living by how are we doing i think on the inside of every single one of us god is speaking god has put vision God has put ideas that no one else has thought about. I believe this. No one else is thinking about something you're thinking about. I know it's hard to believe because we live in a world where there's so many people thinking about so many things. That's how powerful our Father is, that right now you're thinking about someone, something that no one else is. That is God in you right now your father is talking to you about something and it is good and it is right and it should exist in the earth it's what he's hoping for and it's what's not seen yet now you have the same opportunity just like abram or sorry noah and abram and moses and the people that marched around jericho seven times and blew trumpets like seriously That's what you want me to do and these walls are going to fall down? Yeah, if you do this, you're going to get grapes, really big grapes. A lot of really cool stuff is going to be happening. We're supposed to march around seven times and blow trumpets and this is all just good. Yep. You're going to do crazy stuff and incredible things are going to happen. Those are not stories of old for you to just remember. It is stories for you to be inspired by. It's the reason why they are surrounding us. Their faith, their journey is... Okay, I'll just say it this way. Has its fulfillment in you. Because they know that there's a city whose builder and architect is God and it doesn't exist yet on the earth the way it's supposed to. And you're part of making it exist. Like, it's why you exist. You don't exist to get a paycheck and go home and make sure you got a decent savings account. Sorry, if that's what you're living for, pause, turn. Ask the Father, why do I exist? And you'll begin to hear and feel that nagging voice, that feeling that I have shrunk back long enough, or shrinked back. What's the word? Shrunk? I have shrunken back long enough. I want to be satisfied. I want to be content. I want to have this feeling on the inside of me that is like content but never satisfied that's the word I want to say like I know I'm walking in the faith God gave me I'm not just living in the oh someone else is doing it, it's working for them and I'm going to figure out how to make it work for me no, I live by faith in the son of God, it is no longer I that live but he that lives in me light a match light a match what is for you to do I think that's how heaven and earth's coming through every one of us so, Father, yeah, look at that. You guys gotta love me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when Jesus was healing people, Jesus spat in the dirt, mixed his spit in it, put it in someone's eyes. Like, I don't know if I can have faith to go spit in dirt in his right. eyes and then be like, oh, sorry, you still can't see but now you got dirt in your eyes. <laughs>
1: Somebody
0: it's true. Eyes. It's true. And I'll even want to say this. You know, okay, so think about that story in mind. So some of us will think, well, if I just go and do the same thing, someone's going to get healed. Jesus said, greater works. So is it possible that if we just spit in the ground, rub dirt, and put it in someone's eyes, are we copying what already exists versus walking by true faith and hearing what the Lord is saying to each and every one of us? I'm asking you this. I'm challenging. I'm being challenged myself as I talk this way because there are things he's saying to me that I'm literally scared to tell you. And he's doing it in you. I know he is. He said things to you in your heart of hearts when you're laying down in bed and you can't sleep and he's talking to you about stuff and you're like, seriously? And it might not be for you to start and finish. It might just be for you to start. Or it might be for you to continue because your father or mother or whoever it was started it and someone's waiting for you to pick up that baton and keep going. Mm. Yeah. I actually believe that there are some of us in this room who are so offended at their mother or father that they can't pick up the baton that's already been handed to them to continue their journey. To continue that process forward. Heal, forgive, and pick it up. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I just bless all of these sparks of life on the inside of us. These faith opportunities. Father, I feel the excitement and inspiration of the great cloud of witnesses all around us. Yeah. I feel them. I, I, I know they're there. And I know that they heard this message and they're a little bit farther onto the edge of their seat because they believe that there's people in this room who are actually taking it seriously. Heaven, you can count on us. You've waited a long time to be seen, to be evidenced. Our faith will initiate more of heaven on earth. I pray for the boldness to act, the boldness to decide to make decisions that are bigger than our current reality, that are bigger than our current mindset about who we are and even who you are, God. Give us imagination that's bigger. And may that be the doorway to see everything that was meant to be a reality in the earth. I bless each and every person here, Lord God, to believe what you are saying, to believe what you have shown them. I declare over you who think you're done, you're not. I speak over you who have failed many times, your next one is quite possibly the beginning of success. And if you need someone to tell you listen, I believe in you. I really do think you have what it takes because I know who lives in you. You have what it takes. I bless you to know it and to believe it. I love you. All right, guys, thank you. Have a great week. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.